Welcome back to Unbandaged, the number one podcast in America, according to the almost 60,000 listeners that we have on the Cuddy and Gavi show. It's funny, we're getting a uh, lot of comments from a lot lot of our listeners, and one of them is from an ex-girlfriend of mine. And she says that we're narcissists. You know, our show, we're narcissists. And I said, no, Gavi's the narcissist. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I guess part of our show is bringing in some personal anecdotes of life and things we've been through in our life. And that's our, our bio at the start of the show is about, you know, us and how we became friends for 30 years. And so in my narcissistic tone, I, I want, I have Gavi's permission to start this out. Um, I wrote a book. It's at the publisher. It's called left foot, right foot survival guide for business and life. And once it gets published and we're going to talk about it on the show, Hopefully I'll go to some book signings with my Sharpie that I carry around now, you know, for all our popular viewers. But I have a chapter and it was kind of dedicated to my uh, sister's baby and my parents. It's called From the Beginning to the Not So Nice End. And it's essentially that life starts out and you're in diapers and you're being fed by your parents and you can't com- you, you can communicate a little. And if you're lucky enough to live a long life, you end up in diapers being fed and somewhere in between the baby and being old, you have a big life. You can be a lawyer, you can be an actor or an actress, you can be a football player, you can be anybody. So kind of reality last week i welcomed my granddaughter my first grandchild into this world when i was down in sao paulo brazil we talked about it and this week yesterday i buried my best friend um passed away uh five days ago and um it was a beautiful ceremony his name was rpm that's what everybody called him and I asked Gavi's permission, can we dedicate our, our show? He he was listening to it up until the end. His kids told me and his kids were listening to it and they were laughing and having fun. He was a great guy, unbelievable guy, worked side by side with him for 40 years. Cried a gallon of tears yesterday, but it was such a wonderful service and everybody was so gracious. He had huge amount of people there that he was part of just a wing guy part of everybody's life and um it's tough it's tough seeing that uh when somebody passes away and he passed away way too young at age 77 so talking about you know the crazy world that we're in we want to start with this jason olden I mean, it's just insane what's going on with this. I mean, Gavi, what do you think? I think um, 
I think that the uh, the CMT, the video, uh, the station, that the country music station, I think they made a huge mistake. They panicked and they reacted way too soon. Uh, basically, an anti-gun activist called up and said that she was offended by this video. They immediately got a little nervous and they pulled the video not really, I think, even understanding it or even checking the background of it. So he did a video basically about, you know, uh, the hometown, what it's like being in the hometown and that they wouldn't put up with the riots that took place during uh, the 2020 uh, riots that we were having. So they were just saying that some of the stuff and some of the violence that took place wouldn't take place in a small town. And they did the video in front of a courthouse in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, that was a, uh, there was a lynching there in 1927. But since then... And that's there, basically the, the rub point of the that's, story, right? That's the rub point, that it was a lynching there in 1927. But there's been... A lot of a lot of things that were filmed in front of that. Well, Disney had a show. Montana, Hannah Montana had one there. There were Christmas uh, uh, specials that were there. There were there's a there was a lot of happiness. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, Mariah Carey had like a Christmas special there, but no one said anything until this particular uh, song. And what ended up happening is everybody thought it. That it was a lot of people in the country world thought that it wasn't that big of a deal where people that came that live in small towns that kind of said, hey, the riots were wrong. And um, this this video and this uh, song came out in May and all of a sudden now it's the number one song and within the last two days. And uh, I think he's only going to get stronger. I think it's going to actually be uh, it's going to be like an anthem. It's going to now be so big, it's going to be like uh, that uh, country song where everybody says, stand up, you know, like that. Uh, that yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. It's going, to be, it's going to be a song like that. I think the country music uh, industry is now starting to, uh, they're starting to look to see is Hollywood getting into their field. Like this is almost like it sounds like Hollywood is trying to take over their industry and that's who they're not. They aren't. Uh, the woke society there, and maybe some of the heads of these stations and maybe the record companies, these uh, country uh, record labels, uh, they maybe have to go on their own, sort of like... um Sort of like sometimes in the rap industry, they didn't just go back to the the older labels. They created their own. Maybe the country stars are going to have to create their own record labels that people can go to. Because if you're going to start getting Hollywood record labels that can control them and shut you down so quickly without doing anything, I think you're going to see a backlash and you're going to see the country stars uh, leaving. Well, Mel Gibson did that with Braveheart, didn't he? He or did. one of those movies, he did it. He financed it himself because there was such a backlash on his anti-Semitic comments back in the day. I, was it was it Braveheart or it was, was it was it was Bra- Passion of the Christ. Passion of the Christ. Passion, Passion of, the- of the Christ. Right. But I mean, that's a that that's a good point about this writer's strike and everything. I mean, the, the world is. I mean. I guess we're going kind of out of order, but you're really talking about these record labels and the control that they're having. Now, this writer's strike, I mean, the world is blowing up. These writers, let me tell you something. Uh, I don't want to, I'm going to lump the writers and the actors and uh, together and uh, 
the writers, the writers look like they're they're going down a bad path. They look like they're going to be screwed in the future because uh, with AI coming into place, uh, it's pretty. They're they're not going to. They're not that irreplaceable. It's it's pretty easy. You can come up with an idea, and AI will come up with your whole screenplay for you. It's sort of like uh, back in the day if there was a. Uh, if you went up to Kodak and you said, uh, by the way, uh, you're going to have some competition in the future, and they would be, who, Fujifilm? They were only worried about Fuji. They, weren't, they didn't know, like, Apple was about to come up with a, a telephone that was going to almost put them out of business. So these writers are going to have a, a tough time competing with AI that can do things. And as far as the actors go, with reality TV shows and with other stuff and all the other content that's available out there, uh, they're in a little bit of trouble, but they're not going to have the sympathy of the entire country anymore. It used to be everybody loved their favorite actors or actresses, but now because they were against half the country by putting down half the country, half the country is basically looking at these actors and, and actresses and saying, screw you, we don't give a crap about you. Matter of fact, they're going to say to these actors exactly what they said to the Coal miners, the third generational coal miners that worked uh, in West Virginia, they basically said, maybe you should learn how to code. Well, maybe these actors and actresses should learn how to write code, and maybe the industry right. isn't for them. It's called, uh, see you later. And no one cares. You know, half the country doesn't care what happens to these actors because you could be a reality star that never went to acting school, didn't like do us. anything, and they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Not like us. Yeah, I mean, but, it, it, but these TV shows are going to really lose momentum. I mean, let's say you're watching Blue Bloods and last year it ended with whoever died on the show or something happened on the show. And now you're going to take a year off. You're going to forget, you know, what happened on that show. I think it's a lose lose situation. I think the actors are going to lose their momentum and the TV shows are going to lose their momentum. I yes. Just, and now we, we talked about it. There's there's so much other content that they can run rerun. They run reruns of Curb Your Enthusiasm and uh, Seinfeld now. I mean, yeah. But what what I think you're going to see is like uh, there's that show that's uh, based out of Philadelphia, the Elementary School, Abbott Elementary. You know, they're on the yeah. picket lines right now, and they're worried that they're going to lose momentum, like you said. And you know, they're only going to be able to do half as many episodes, and then eventually people are going to move on to another content. And they're going to say, you know what? That show's over and done with. They, it was just bad timing for them. But I think it's going to be more important for everybody that's out there that binge watches, that sees a, their, their show that comes on, if it's, say, Ted Lasso, for instance. Well, they get to see every episode. So instead of, like, worrying about it, you'll just wait until the whole season's up there. You don't have to worry about a strike. You don't have to worry about all of a sudden you get involved in the show, and then all of a sudden three weeks later— they go on strike, and then that's it, and then you got to come back a year later. Now you'll know if you want to watch a show, you have a whole series, a whole season. You'll watch that show, and then if there's a strike, you'll go on to uh, – you can watch if – if you never watch Yellowstone, you got five seasons of Yellowstone to start watching. Right. Or maybe, or maybe the show is something about something that's current. And it comes, it's off for two years while they strike, and then nobody gives a shit about that subject anymore, and the show's dead. Right. I mean, it's just, they're, they're just crazy. I mean, I watched my whole life watch these people over negotiate their leverage, and then they're done, they're cooked. And um, how about like just, a show? How about like the uh, Tonight Show? 
with uh, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, they're on strike right now. People are going to sit there at 1130 and they're going to say, okay, what else is on? And all of a sudden, their habits will change, and you will learn to, like, see another show that's on TV on another network, or and that's going to be your show. And they're never going to pick well, up the momentum anymore like they used to have. Is Help me out here. Is Jimmy, I thought Jimmy Fallon was a guy just sitting behind a desk making the shit up as he went along. No, they write that? Yeah, they, they, have, write writer, they have writers for that. So they're what writers. They write? He sits there and he cracks around with Madonna sitting at the desk next to her. I'm, you know, uh, what's going to end up happening is someone with a podcast is going to come up. That's going to be us. us. Uh, you you could have our competitor and Joe Rogan. You know, he's, you know. Yeah. He, all of a sudden, they're going to. competitor. Yeah, he's going to sit there behind the desk. He's going to have a guest up there. He's going to write it himself, and that's going to be your show. And then they're going to look at it and think, hey, it's a lot cheaper than paying $25 million to uh, Steve Colbert and all the other stuff, and that's going to yeah. be it. Well, you and I, we agreed we'll work for ten million each, right? Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll mark it down to eight million. If and give have. away half the charity. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> absolutely. You know, so all week long, I'm sitting, so I'm back up north here. I left Florida, and of course, yesterday or the day before, I'm watching this whistleblower stuff, and. It's just unbelievable. First of all, nobody likes an IRS agent. I mean, who the hell could like an IRS agent, right? But you're you're sitting there looking at these two guys testify under perjury, uh, chance of perjury if they're lying. I mean, I found them credible, didn't you? I found them very credible. Matter of fact, for these are the guys that, by the way, these are the guys that are like stone cold killers that put you away if you have an yeah, IRS. I so right. I mean, these guys, know, these guys, it's no mercy. So like, these are the guys you should be scared about. But meanwhile, when you looked at them, you know, one guy had soft eyes. You know, like uh, Shapley or his name, he had like soft eyes. Yeah. And the other guy looked like he knew, you know, what he's doing. Very credible. He came out like he's telling you how scared he was. He had to come out he, he he actually said it was like coming out and he told everybody he has a husband so i mean you know very credible but the thing that's the craziest is they put them in front of congress and you have like four hours to ask them as many questions as you want you get all these different rounds and it's like how divided the country is republicans are asking them questions pertaining to the case of what they were working on that's why they're there of what they the tax, came the of what they're there yeah and the next thing you know the two-tier justice system the word two-tier you can't say that because it became a racist comment so all you heard about racist and then all you heard about is donald trump donald trump this uh, donald trump had nothing to do with this tax issue it's it had absolutely had nothing to do with it so when you heard this whistleblower, it was it was bizarre how two different sides, Republicans and Democrats, they they both go party lines. Not one person from the Democratic side said, you know, let me ask some questions. Let me just find out from my no one wants to know. It's almost like Democrats don't want to know. It's like close your eyes, like, you know, see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. They don't want to know. And because they, they have a bad taste I, I in the mouth with Trump. They're, they're sitting there with bank records. Bank records. The banks gave them bank records. Here, deposit, withdraw. 
into the grandchildren's account, into the uncle's account, into the brother's account. I mean, they're sitting with records from banks. I don't even understand what the argument is, why, how anybody can dispute it. I guess great lawyers can dispute anything, but it, it, it's just unbelievable. And, you know, where does it go? I mean, but you, you, just, you know, when, so but when they mention some of the numbers, like, you know, forget the $17 million that they, uh, that they got from, you know, Ukraine and, and things like that. One of the things that was interesting is one of the IRS agents says, after everything, he says, and and Hunter Biden withheld $117,000 from the U.S. government. And I'm thinking to myself, that's what this is about? Hunter Biden withheld $117,000? Doesn't his dad have to look at him? He can't be the smartest guy he knows anymore because for $117,000, all of this, the Congress, the, the headaches that every other Democrat has right now is over 117,000. Hunter Biden couldn't pay. I mean, he has he's declaring he's 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 like writing off his prostitutes. He's writing off his special sex club as a golf club. Well, no, he did pay for a hotel room for his pimp. That was very generous. <laughs> I, saw, he wrote, I saw that. that I saw that. But he did. He did sport for the hotel room for the pimp. But it's one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. Just pay the thing, and this thing disappeared. I mean, like, could you imagine if Donald Trump's son, Donald Jr. or Eric, said, "Dad, I, I got a problem." I left my laptop and all these videos that are on the laptop. It's not like TMZ got these pictures and they were spying outside the room. This is a guy that's like his own pornographer. He took the pictures. He posted right. them on his computer. It's not like he could sit there and say, I can't believe it. Somebody filmed me. Why? This is him filming himself. They're up there. It's it's unbelievable that this could happen. He's a bigger narcissist than us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not even close. I mean, like, and all of a sudden, you, and, and, and to get the... To get all this coverage, like everybody that has to protect him, you know, like Garland has his neck on the line for this guy. Unbelievable. Uh, FBI Ray has his neck and reputation on the line. All these people are putting their neck on the line for this Hunter Biden. I mean, like. But at some point, somebody, it's just like the mob. Somebody's got a rat. I mean, they, they put the flashlight in somebody's eyes, whether it's Garland or Ray, and they say, dude, you're going down unless you rat. And one of them's got to give up Biden. Somebody's got to give him up at some point or something, right? Well, yeah. Well, like, look, some of the things that they're doing are so outlandish that are so, like— you can't be that naive, even if you're cheering for the Democrats, you're cheering for Joe Biden, and you hate Donald Trump. There's a certain point where they find this packet of Coke in the White House, and they destroy it. Like They're like, okay, it's sort of like Hillary Clinton. I'll tell you what. I have these uh, classified documents. I'm just going to get rid of them. Now you can't do it. It's sort of like if Donald Trump would have said, you know what? I know you want these classifieds. Guess what? Had a little fire the other day. They're all gone. They're all gone. There's nothing to talk about. Like, you know, let me just, like, wash my hands. There's nothing here. Like, that's what they're saying with the Coke packet. It's now gone. You can, they'll never be able to find out. There's not. Yeah. I mean, that's just, look, I forget Hunter Biden. I have a real issue with this Coke thing because it is the White House. 
It is the Situation Room. You're dealing with American secrets. And obviously, there's a cover-up. If somebody over there is doing cocaine and inebriated or whatever they're doing with the fentanyl or the cocaine or whatever drugs they're doing, and they're sitting in the Situation Room moving our nuclear subs around, and they're all coked out of their brain, I mean, how can the White House, the Secret Service... How can they not find out who, whose cocaine it is? Who's, whether it's Hunter Biden's or Joe Smith's cocaine. They know who find it is. Find the fuck out whose cocaine They it know is. whose it is. And it, and by the way, it looks like it's Hunter's or it's Hunter's daughter. But they both, you got two drug addicts that are in the White House right now. I mean, it's not rockets. And, and by the way, you know, we were talking the other day, like th- th- with this whole coke thing. Where does Hunter Biden live? Where, where's his record of address, like for this IRS? I yeah, mean, for his tax return. Where's his tax return? What's he write on his tax? I mean, return? does he live in Delaware? Where? He lives in the White House. Does is it Washington? Is it Los Angeles? I mean, where does he live? That these IRS agents like, and the way they found out about the whole thing was crazy. It was all through, uh, you know, uh, through the prostitution. That's how they. Right. <laughs> And this is the, right. this this is the smartest guy Joe knows. And then you got to right. then you got to bring into the thing was. If Joe says that's the smartest guy he knows, well, then let's bring Joe into play here. Now he's, you know, you know, this whole thing where the with uh, Joe and his son being linked. I think Barack Obama is sitting here right now saying, you know, what? I just can't believe that this guy like was doing this. He put him in charge of Ukraine and uh, and China. And all of a sudden, this guy was like, this was his this was his cash cow. And I don't think uh, I think I think Barack Obama knew a little something. Maybe he thought I think he thought that Joe Biden wasn't going to run for president, wasn't going to run for president. So, you know what, Joe, you got some money. There it is. But that's why he didn't want to push him. That's why he wasn't endorsing him, because he was basically saying, Joe, you got all this money. Just walk away. But now it's all exposed. It's all coming out. You know, Barack Obama has to answer to some of these questions. It's under his watch. That was his boss. I mean, doesn't he know anything that took place? I mean, he had Hunter Biden. Well, first of all, I'm shocked that they stole so little. I mean, you know, in one week they give Ukraine 500 billion or they give this guy 700 billion. I mean, the guy stole 10 million, 20 million. I mean, if you're going to steal, steal billions. But you know what it comes down to? You know, Donald Trump was impeached. Because he had this sense. He got tipped off, maybe. Someone said to him, you know, the Bidens, uh, Joe Biden was uh, was stealing money from Ukraine. And all he did was look into it. He made a phone call to look in to see, were you, were you being extorted by Joe Biden? And with that phone call... That phone call was like so horrible that it, that a president wants to see that this billion dollars of taxpayer dollars went to Ukraine for him just to look into it, which, by the way, I think that he did his job by looking into it. He gets impeached. But meanwhile, Joe Biden is getting all this money. So if I was if I'm in Congress right now, if I'm a Republican in Congress, I sit there and say, you know what? This could be another 10-year war, an endless war. I'm giving zero money to Ukraine, zero, until we get to the bottom line of was how much money did you pay Joe Biden? And that way you got to investigate. You can't be now you're giving billions. That's a great idea. 
Well, now you're giving billions to them. Now it's not even yeah, a little because bit. Because Zelensky will rat them out. If they get no money and they say, look, you get no more money till you tell us how you show us, like point to the money that Biden got. Boom. Or we need a forensic accountant of what's going on with all the dollars that are now going over there because we have a trust issue. This is not going to be America's war that we're going to sit there and we're just going to keep funding and saying here is more and more money. I mean, Joe Biden doesn't have the credibility now, I think, to go up to the uh, American people and say, I'm going to give more and more money for this endless war. We just got out of Afghanistan. I mean, now we're into another one. Somebody's getting rich during these wars. And that's yeah, where you got to follow the money. Someone's getting rich during it's this. Just, it's just the whole political thing is crazy. I mean, that testimony this week of John Kerry, that was the best thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it was unbelievable. They asked this John Kerry. He's like, what is he? I don't even know his job. He's like head of the environmental something or other. Global warming. Head of global warming. They ask him like 10 times, but you fly in a private jet. He says, I do not own a private jet, whatever, whatever. And what's his response? (laughs) Well, they asked him, not only did he say, I don't own a private jet, he was emphatic when he said, stop asking me these questions. I've never owned a private jet. And then they asked him a question, does your wife own a private jet? And he goes, yes, she does. I mean. Now, how can somebody go in front of Congress, be on national TV, and just look in the camera and lie like that? I don't own a private jet, but does your wife own one? Yeah, she owns one. And refuses to say who's on his payroll. Like, he doesn't even want to tell who's working for him. And he says he only answers to Biden. So, I mean, here's a guy. You got Biden who's taking money from Ukraine. Curry's son, uh, stepson, who was Heinz, he was partners with Hunter Biden. So the two of them were together. They were together. So now you got Biden's and Curry's son, and now Curry's in a position that he doesn't answer to anybody but Joe Biden. I think together they're like doing high fives in the back saying, this is like stealing. This is the greatest thing in the world. Except— And then Joe—go ahead. Well, I was going to say, except Heinz's— uh, you know, the the Heinz, he he saw that this was, wasn't was going right. He stepped away. He has enough his money. He was partners. With, yeah, with, uh, yeah, he stepped away from Hunter. He distanced himself. I mean, he has plenty of money, and I think he smelled like this. This isn't where, what he wants to be associated with. So Heinz stepped away. He's the guy you got to put. Pr- he's the guy you got to put pressure on. Here's the guy that you could put pressure on him and let him tell everything he knows because he has nothing to gain by this. He could sit there and say, yes, it was Hunter Biden. This, uh, I think he has a lot of the answers is but Curry steps up. If, if Joe Biden, and this is like James Bond nonsense, if Joe Biden has all this power to shut all these investigations, damn, don't you think somebody said something to Heinz's kid and just said, dude, you step out of line, you know, you're going to wake up one morning as part of your transmission in your car. <laughs> I mean, you know, this isn't going to last too long for you. Just shut up and go away. I think that's what he did. I think he, yeah. that's what, that's what he did. He shut up and he, yeah. and he just said, I'm out of here. I'm done. But that brings you to the part where like, you look at all this stuff that Joe's 
doing and all this stuff where he was putting together like 400 like when the when the guy from uh, Ukraine from Burisma said his dog's smarter than Hunter Biden I mean Joe was calling the shots so what you have to ask yourself is look how much Joe like deteriorated since he's become president like you know remarkable it's it's like right now he can't function so you got you got to ask yourself who's running the country like who do who's you, running the country? I'm asking you. Who do you think? It's not Joe. Who's calling the shots? When I watched this thing with the president of Israel, evidently um, Joe Biden doesn't get along with Benjamin Netanyahu when he got sick or something happened to him. They sent the president. Of Israel. He went to your high school, by the way. Benjamin Netanyahu went to your high school. He did. Another, you know, Cheltenham. Mark, Mark, Mark Levin. If you're out there, Mark, I went to high school with you. <laughs> Benjamin Netanyahu, Cheltenham High School, and Reggie Jackson, right. another Cheltenham High School guy, but and my sister. <laughs> um, but long, but he's sitting there talking to the president of Israel in front of the fireplace. He's trying to read cards, like like reading cards. And he's like falling. Do you see it? He's like his, head, his head almost dipped down. It looked like he went to sleep a little bit, had a tough time pronouncing things. I mean, what an embarrassment. I mean, if you're the guy, the Israeli president, you're just sitting there like saying you have no idea what's coming out of his mouth. And and then he doesn't take questions. You're like everybody in the press sits there. It's like they must be in shock. You know, when you see like a car accident and you have to like rubberneck it and you got to see what's going They can't say anything. It's like you're watching a car accident and nobody says anything. Nobody reports it. It's incredible that this guy has these world leaders here. I mean, like he talk about Joe on the world stage. He just came back. The, the guy missed the dinner. I he was kissing that baby. <laughs> Did you see him mauling that baby? I mean, I, he really? licked the inside of her ear. I don't. She doesn't need a Q-tip. <laughs> he cleaned it out. I mean, he cleaned out her ear, and she's crying. You can't tell because they blur it because it's a child. But if you saw the unblurred version, she's crying. I mean, there's this guy's like uh, nibbling on her ear. Okay, so please <laughs> explain this to me. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat, but um, this guy's too old. <laughs> I mean, come on, folks. I mean, run somebody else. I, yeah. I mean, the way they shut down, the Democrats shut down Robert F. Kennedy Jr. the other day. Did you see that? I didn't uh, want him talking. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, when you said that he's getting old, you know, it's pretty funny. You know, there's all these memes out there that you can see. And, you know, some of the memes that went around is, uh, I don't know if you ever saw, like, you ever see those uh, chairlifts that take you up the stairs where if you're old, you sit in it and it takes you yeah, up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have like this lift that takes you up Air Force One with the president on it. But meanwhile, they came pretty close. They, he now goes to the lower level one. Did you see like his steps now? Yeah. So next thing you're going to see is, you know, he has sneakers. He's wearing the sneakers. Why not just put him on the chairlift? I mean, why not just like right. tell him to sit down down there? The commercials on TV. It's the when you're old, you don't have to move out of your house. It's put a, a seatbelt on him. Put a <laughs> put a seatbelt on him and watch him go, and then he can wave to everybody as he goes up into the into Air Force One. So, but I want to be I want to be on the five. I want to sit across from Harold Ford Jr. What's the woman's name? 
Uh, Jessica Tarlow, is that her name? I like her. Jessica Tarlow, I like her. And by the way, oh, yeah. her husband's a deadhead. I kind of liked that the other day. I found that out. And she went to the last dead show in San Francisco. I, I happen to like her because she's in a very difficult uh, seat there because she has to go up against everybody. And uh, and Ford, he's great, too. By the way, he should I run for office. He should I run for office. Ask. He should yeah. run for I like him a lot. But I want to ask the two of them, honest to God. Is do you right now you have Putin, you have Kim Jong-un, you have Chairman Chi. I mean, you need a ruthless motherfucker to run America and sit across from these guys. You can't have a guy that's falling asleep. I'll vote for a Democrat if you give me somebody good besides Joe Biden. He's too old. I would go and up to not- I would go up to Jessica and she has like a two-year-old or three-year-old and said, Would you let Joe watch your kid for like Two days. Would you trust your daughter with Joe Biden watching her to take care of him? And if you say no, then how can he take care of a country? If if he can't take care of one person, how can he take care of an entire country? That's the question to ask. Yeah, I mean, here, imagine if you had Bill Clinton in today's era. I made a, you know, it was good economy. He balanced the budget. But if you had a Bill Clinton against in a debate, Donald Trump. Well, that would be a fair fight. But right now, who's this Joe Biden? I mean, really, this is who this is who the Democratic Party is putting up. Put up somebody that that can speak, that that can fight. Well, crazy. You know, it's like so funny the, the, the protection that everybody gets now. Everybody who saw the de- the debate between Doctor Oz and Fetterman. It was it was like a near death <laughs> knockout. Like it, it was like as close to being like like the guy being pulled away on a stretcher. So much so that in Time magazine, Fetterman said that that actually made him go into deep depression and he had to check himself into a hospital. And it, that's coming from him saying that. But if you remember, right after the debate. And if you listen to MSNBC or CNN and they were like grading the card, it's sort of like like an Olympic boxing match. And you just saw the American pummel the Russian for like the five rounds. And all of a sudden the Russian won. And you sat there and said, this is rigged. They sat there and they said, I think Fetterman beat him. Like they literally thought Fetterman (laughs) beat him in this debate. And that's and that is how crazy. He got beat so bad he checked himself into, and he claims the <laughs> depression. And he's on Time Magazine saying how great he is. I mean, this guy still can't talk. To this day, he still can't who's, talk. Who is that guy? Van Jones. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. That Van Jones just on CNN defends him. I mean, it's well, unbelievable. Then you have- he got he got a hundred million dollars from Jeff Bezos to do whatever you want. You know, when you, someone gives you a hundred million and says no questions asked, do whatever you want. <laughs> you know. Do <laughs> say it's whatever crazy, you want, but but I just don't understand, you know how. So how literally you, he he's going to let's say Donald Trump's the nominee or even DeSantis. Joe Biden will, can't run from at least one debate. He's going to have to have one debate. How's he going to debate? You know, uh, Donald Trump or Ron. I'll tell you how he's going to debate. First of all, it's going to be set up where the the people asking the questions. Well, well, the people that are going to be asking the questions, the moderators, uh, whatever, they're going to be 
They're going to be from MSNBC. They're going to be from CNN. They're going to be from NBC. They're going to be as friendly as they can be. Then, just like Hunter Biden gets tipped off, they're going to tip off. No one's going to know. They're going to tip off the questions that they're going to ask. They'll shut down Donald Trump on the question. When Donald Trump won the last debate, said, hey, you know, what's this thing with uh, Ukraine? Like, they shut him down immediately. They also said, you're talking to your son. And Joe Biden said, I've never talked to him. I got 51 of the people that are all saying that that computer is uh, Russian uh, collusion. I mean, you can, you can, he's going to need help, and he's going to get the help. Now, if it was Fox that was asking or, or some of those other networks out there, and they were asking the questions— he would be sitting there in the hospital room next to Fetterman, the two of them together. It would be another knockout. But then no one wants to see, no one wants to see a bully. You know, Trump might come across as a bully. Do you, if you saw two people fighting in the schoolyard and one's just beating the crap out of the other person, like someone has to throw the white flag in. And Joe would, you know, I think he would go to the bathroom on himself. I, I think if he was out there for an hour by himself. Joe, where's the diaper? Well, someone's going to throw the towel in. It would, like, I, you right. would see across the stage, a towel would come in because he would need to be rescued. Well, I think what will happen is, and, and Donald Trump's ego is so large, although we want him to come on the show. I'm not going <laughs> to say anything about that. Um but what will happen is Joe Biden will say it can only be CNN who's moderating this. You know, he'll pick a very right. liberal outlet, his team. And then they'll have whatever that girl that had that town hall with Donald Trump. Right. She was abusing him and asking him all those questions. What what they'll do is they'll have the moderator debate Donald Trump as opposed to Joe Biden. A hundred percent. That's how it's going to be. I'm saying? She'll be sitting there like yes. uh, – Right? Yes, she'll be sitting there and answering the questions that were meant for Joe, yeah. saying what you could do, and she'll be the one protecting him, just like it's Wait, in the Joe, shut up for a minute. Let me answer <laughs> yeah. this question and, 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 Donald, let's go back to the indictments. First, can we go back to the indictments that you have coming? And, by the way, that's something in the future, like, you know, he has to run the table, Donald Trump, on all this stuff. So I'm, as bad as Joe right now is, and I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the ticket— Donald Trump, I don't know if he's going to be the ticket, even though he's way in front. Yeah. So I'm not. So if he does come on the show, he knows that I'm saying he's way in front right now. But he has to run the table. He loses one of these indictments. And the reason why I think they're bringing up this indictment for January 6th, this is different than all the other indictments. Because under the uh, Constitution, if he happens to be found guilty here— he can no. He can't run for president if he caused the, this insurrection. If they so explain that for our sixty thousand listeners, why is this different? Why can't he run for president if he loses that? I don't if really he, understand. Like the indictment in New York against Stormy Daniels, if he lost that, he can still run. He would still be able to run. But under the Declaration of the United States, if you start it. The riot of an insurrection of trying to overthrow the government, which is what okay. they're trying to prove, that is that means you can no longer run for president of that country. You're disqualified. You're disqualified. You're disqualified. So that's what they want to do. I mean, because right now, every indictment that comes his way, he keeps winning, except for the rape case in New York, which he, which was a New York jury that. Uh, 
It's just civil. He has to pay five million. It's civil. Right. And he's fighting that yeah, and that, you so, know. So we'll pay that. So all right. Uh, so so yeah, and that's why and that's why that's why like right now you gotta ask yourself some of the juries that are coming out there. I don't know if you read or heard about this uh, police officer in California. She was a, a woman uh, deputy, very pretty girl, and she got called to a domestic violence uh, situation. And when she went there, the person jumped her, was punching her, beating her up, uh, took her gun, fired it two times or had his gun, fired it a couple times, and then it got jammed. And this is all on video, all on video. And the jury in California acquitted him. And she's like, what reason? so they, how did they acquit her? That's a good question. The reason why they acquitted her is California passed a law recently. And that law is that the jury, when you, when you try to like interview a jury to see who's a perfect person for the jury, if you said, I hate the police. I think they should all die. I'm against the police. That person disqualifies himself that he cannot sit on the jury because the guy's biased. Well, they changed right. that law in California now. You're allowed to say, I can't stand the police. I hate them, and I think they should all die. And you're allowed to be on the jury. So a couple people that hated the police were on this jury. And she now quit the department. She's a... Uh, She's distraught. You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's unbelievable that you can have these are the people of your peers that are basically saying, I hate the police. They have the body camera. They have everything. They watched it and they acquitted him. Now this animal is really back out on the streets. And now when he kills somebody else or hurts somebody else, you got to turn around and say, you know. Well, do you see in California now all these convenience stores that are using bicycle locks and chaining all the refrigerated cabinets that you can't? I mean, what's the point of owning a store if nobody can go into the cabinet to get a Gatorade? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's but that's why it's like it's funny. I feel like we live in a bubble down here in Florida. Everybody's trying to make like they're relying on all this stuff that people are leaving Florida. They're not leaving. Everybody's oh, coming. Oh, I had here. a manhunt outside my house yesterday. Yeah. yeah, tell everybody. What like you come home to Philadelphia and the first thing you see is what home. state I come, come home. I come home from my best friend's funeral. I homeless Florida for homeless Florida. So come up here for my best friend's funeral and I'm sitting in my house that I raised my kids in. I, I've never sold it. And um, there's some people that work here for me downstairs in, in my business and they're standing out front. There's two state troopers. I live on, let's say, call 40 acres. It's all wooded. And it, close to my property is, let's call major road like I-95. It's called the Blue Route here in Philadelphia. And I'm sitting in my office, which is in the front of my house. I'm looking out on my driveway, and there's state troopers in my driveway. And my people are standing out front. I walk outside. I said, what's going on? Oh, there's a manhunt. <laughs> We're looking for somebody. You know, a manhunt. And we walked from the Blue Route all the way up through. Is he wearing a bulletproof vest? Is he wearing a bulletproof vest? I mean, they're wearing 40 pounds of, like, armor. They're sweating so profusely. 
And they're saying there, there's a manhunt. Lock your doors. And we see your garage doors open. They come in my house. Okay. They come in my house with a dog. And they start going through my house with flashlights under the bed looking for this guy. And I'm like, really? I think I need to go back home to Florida. I mean, you know, there's a manhunt. And I told a couple people this story. And, you know, the next day, everybody's texting me because I wake up early at 530 in the morning. You alive? Are you still alive? Did the guy get you? Yeah, I mean, it's Philadelphia. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's crazy. But it's it's amazing the difference of the states now where it is sort of like Chicago right now. You got to get out of there. Like if I'm living in Chicago, they're coming. They're coming to Florida. I don't care what anybody says. We're we're building this. Uh, we have a train down here called the Brightline. Now it's like a high speed train that is connecting Miami to Orlando to Tampa, and they're making it where you don't just have to live in Miami to work in Miami or Boca Raton or Fort Lauderdale or or Orlando. They're making it so easy. It's so easy to live down here right now. It's it's civilized. You come, you don't have to worry about the crime. You walk into a store, you open up the like to think that you could open up a refrigerator section in a supermarket, reach in and grab your thing. You don't think twice. But in Philadelphia now you got to say can someone unlock it. I need some cream for my coffee. Unlock it. <laughs> I need ice cream. They got to like unlock the little tub of ice cream. It's it's like and they just accept it. How do you like, you know, how do you live like that? I don't know, Gabby, but we're, we're out of time. I want to give a little plug to the Cuddy and Gabby Unbanded show. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I read today that uh, Thread is having problems now. Did oh, you I, see that? I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Google it. Thread, you know, everybody's uh, signing off. Nobody just, just, likes to, it. just to let you know one last thing. You know, last week there was a— We didn't pay for it. <laughs> there, yeah, there was, a, there was a big story last week just to let you know. Ben and Jerry, Ben from the Ben and Jerry Ice Cream, uh, you know, he basically said during that July 4th weekend that America should give back all the land to the Indians since we took it. And there was an Indian in Vermont— who basically said, by the way, your company is sitting on our land. And what do you we would like our we would like our land back. And Ben like is sitting there like all of a sudden, like, uh, what happens? So I don't think he gave the land back, but you know what this chief did? He did a rain right. dance. And that's why okay. all these floods came to Vermont. <laughs> it was an Indian rain dance. I don't right, know if I could say that. Floods. Yeah. You yeah. you like pissed off the Indians when you did that bullshit. And that's why Vermont had all these thousand year flood. Right. Don't the piss off the Indians. That, they yeah, were, don't piss them off. They were taunting them. Oh, my. All right, Gabby. Well, this was a fun show. I'll see and, you back here um, next week. Hopefully I'll be down back down at home, Florida, because, you know, they're, they're lurking around in the woods around my house. And, here. you know, just for tax purposes, IRS, they got to know you live in Florida. I do live in Florida. <laughs> that is my official residence. All right, Gabby, have a great week. You too. I'll See ya. You later. All right. Take care.